So, how many of you enjoying life? How many of you have a, how many of you could say this is a happy day? Amen. I want to talk to you about igniting a fresh passion in your life. How many of you know we all need passion? We need fire. Amen. We need energy. We need enthusiasm. We need excitement for life. And uh, let me ask you a question. If I were to categorize everybody in this room in two categories, which one would you fit in? Number one, uh, the first category represents those people who are filled with passion, excitement, energy, and enthusiasm for life. How many of you would say that? That describes me. Or how many of you would say that's, uh, that's not the best description of my life? How many would say you would fit in this category that represents those people who are living a downcast, bored, heavy, depressed kind of life? How many of you would say that? You know, there are many people uh, here today that are filled with passion and excitement for life, you know? And, uh, you know, that's biblical. I mean, they have great expectations about what life is, what, what life has in the front of them. And when they wake up in the morning, they're excited about life. And it's biblical because this is the kind of life that Jesus described that you and I could have. He said in John 10, 10, my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. And so if you're experiencing that kind of life, that's the kind of life that Jesus wants you to experience. Amen. But, you know, there's some of you today that, that are living the exact opposite kind of life. Life is not so exciting. It's not so easy to get up in the morning. And your life could best be, be characterized by a life that's struggling. In fact, there's a Bible character in, the, in, in Scripture, in Job uh, chapter 7. Uh, the Bible character Job uh, described his life like this. He said in verse 6, Job said, my life drags by day after hopeless day. Wow, what a commentary. My life drags by day after hopeless day. That might be the description of your life today. Your life is just dragging by. But I have good news for you today. That's not the kind of life the Lord wants you to live. He doesn't want you to live a life that's heavy, that's bored, that's depressed, that's discouraging. He wants you to live a life that's filled with energy, enthusiasm, excitement, and passion. Amen? And you know, that's the kind of life that you want to live, right? And so I want to talk to you about, about why is it that so many people don't have that exciting kind of life that, that Christ died on the cross that you and I can live? Why is that? I want to talk to you about some of those uh, passion killers. You know, there's some things that, that we experience and we go through in life that zap the strength right out of our life. That steal passion, excitement, enthusiasm right out of our life. And we wake up one morning and we don't understand why we're so depressed, why life is such a drag, but we have these weights, we have these passion killers going on in our life that's robbing us of the excitement for life. So I just want to talk about four of them. That's not an exhaustive list, but here's some. The first passion killer is living with no purpose or direction in life. You know, purpose is having direction. It's having aim. It's having, uh, it's knowing why you're here, what you were created for. How many of you know God created us with purpose? But if you don't have any purpose in your life, it's going to be a humdrum kind of life. You know, why get up in the morning if you don't have any purpose? Why be excited about life if you don't have no aim, no goal, and no passion? And some people live their lives and they have absolutely no aim, no goals, no passion, no direction. They don't have any reason to get up in the morning. But can I encourage you today that you can have some purpose in your life? Amen. 
You know, Isaiah chapter 49 and 4, Isaiah said, I have labored to no purpose and I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Do you know uh, what's your purpose in life? Why are you here? What, What did God put you on this globe for? It's an important question that each one of us should ask. You know, without purpose and direction, you lose excitement for living. You know, I I was watching some of the, you know, March Madness basketball games. You know, Final Four last night. You know, but you know these guys on the court. Man, I mean, they, they they all in. I mean, sweat flying everywhere, bodies flying everywhere, hitting each other in the face and the eye, and they're going after this round ball. Man, they're they passionate. You know, but listen, what happens if all of a sudden you take those same group of guys and you took away the goals? You gave them the basketball and you say, get after it, guys. Have fun. And they would throw the ball and they'd get down to the court, but there's no goal to shoot in. There's no aim. There's no, there's no destination. And they would take the ball and they would dribble down to the other end and they would go to, sh- but there's no purpose. How many of you know that these guys would not play the game very long? It's the fact that there's a purpose that gives these guys the passion for the game. And you see, a lot of times we have no passion for life because we have no goal in life. We have no aim in life. But I want you to know that God puts you on this earth for a purpose and for a reason. And that will fuel some fresh passion in your life. Can I get a better amen? Amen. So the first passion killer is having no purpose or direction in your life. The second passion killer is living an overworked and unbalanced life. You know, some of us, we have so many irons in the fire that the fire has gone out. You know, listen, if your output exceeds your input, you're going to run into trouble. But you know, our life, I mean... How many of you have a busy life? Can I, can I see your hands? How many of you need a busy life? Let me see your hands. We're going to get your names. We got plenty for you to do. Amen. But you know, listen, if you allow yourself to get too busy, overworked, without getting adequate rest, you will lose your passion for life. How many of you know weariness and tiredness will, will just zap the strength out of your life? You know, Psalm 127 and verse 2 says, it's, sense, it's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late night, fearing you will starve to death, for God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. How many of you know we need a balance between rest and work? We need a balance, amen? Between output and input. If you don't take time to rest and relax, you're going to burn out and you're going to lose your excitement and passion and energy for life. And see, some people are discouraged and they're depressed because they're just burning on both ends and they just don't have any more fire going on in their life. But listen, rest and relaxation is like recharging your emotional, spiritual, and physical batteries. Amen? So I don't know where you are today, but can I encourage you to get some rest? To relax a little bit? And not to allow yourself to get so busy that you don't have time to take a breath. Come on, can I get a better witness in here? The third passion killer is living with unresolved conflict. 
When you have a conflict with somebody, how many of you know it's like it's and that conflict is left unsettled? It's going to steal the energy right out of your life. You know, I mean, listen, you can get up in the morning. Those of you that are married, can you relate to this? You get up in the morning, everything's fine. You get excited and you get in a fight with your spouse. And all of a sudden you got less strength than you woke up with. How many of you know conflict will take energy out of your life? If you're always fighting with a coworker, you're not going to have the energy God wants you to have. If you're living, fighting, and quarreling with everybody around you, you're not going to live an exciting, upbeat, power-packed kind of passionate life that God wants you to live with. You've got you to deal with conflict in your life. The Bible says, don't let... Ephesians 4.26 says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Do you know that the the Bible says that we shouldn't let anger control us? We should deal with it before we go to bed at night? Why? Because anger and bitterness and resentment will zap the energy and passion out of your life. And you see, they got people today walking on the globe, and they're not excited about life, but they got this conflict going on in their life that's unresolved. Can I encourage you today? Jesus said you could have abundant life, but the abundant life comes from living with peace with people. Come on, I need a better witness than that. Amen. Amen? And so listen, Job chapter 5 and verse 2 says, Surely resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple. Verse 4 says, You are only hurting yourself with your anger. You know who pays the highest price when we hold on to anger and bitterness? And unforgiveness? We do. We pay the highest price. Amen? The whole time we think we're punishing other people and we're the one that's getting punished. We say, I tell you, I show you, I won't talk to you. And they're going about their life and some people don't even know we're mad at them. And they just enjoying life. And then we get mad because they're having such a great life. I mean, how can you have such a great life? I'm ticked at you and you're just enjoying life i tell you why, because they're not holding conflict in their life. Come on, we got to live with peace with one another. Amen? Okay, so are y'all with me so far? So if you want to keep enthusiasm, excitement, and passion for life, you need to keep your relationships healthy. And number four, the fourth passion killer in life. I'm trying to hurry up so we can go eat, all right? How many in favor of that? Say, come on, preach it, brother, preach it. Come on, hurry, 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 Amen. The fourth passion killer in life is living a spiritually unhealthy life. David said in Psalm 38, 4, my guilt overwhelms me. It's a burden too heavy to bear. This is King David that said that. My guilt overwhelms me. It's a burden too heavy to bear. David was living a burden down life because of guilt, because of condemnation that was caused in his life because of the weight of sin. And you know, an unhealthy spiritual life will rob you and short circuit passion in your life. David said, man, as long as I, I had these, this guilt and this, this uh, condemnation on my life, it was like taking a big old boulder and setting it on your shoulders and living your life with this great big old weight. And some of us, we can't see it with a natural eye, but we got this big old boulder sitting on our shoulder and we're saying, man, life is a drag. 
Life is heavy. Please, can somebody help me? And the good news is there's an answer. When you're not living right with God, it drains the strength and energy from your life. But just the opposite is true. When you live right before God, it'll put spring in your step. It'll put energy in your life. How many of you agree with that this morning? Let me, let me hear you. Amen. So let's do a little quick review. Four passion killers, things that will rob energy from your life. I'm going to do a self-test and see if these things are true or, or, or killing your passion in life. Living with no purpose and direction. Living in an overworked and unbalanced life. Living with unresolved conflict. Or living a spiritually unhealthy life. Let's talk about the solutions. How many of you know with every problem, the Lord has a solution? Amen. And that's the good news. The Bible is good news. And so the good news is the Lord has a solution to the life zappers in our life. And so let's talk about solution number one to to regaining passion for your life is choose to learn and live God's purpose for your life. That's going to add some excitement to your life. I don't want to live for God. I want to live for me. Then live a bored, humdrum kind of life. If you want to live an exciting kind of life, live for the Lord. It's going to release fresh passion in your life. Amen. I've done both. And I can tell you, living for the Lord is better than living for yourself. Amen. The Lord has created purpose for our life. And, uh, and you'll never truly enjoy the best kind of life until you're living for the Lord's purpose. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 4, the Lord has made everything for his own purpose. How many of you know God has a purpose for your life? And you know, here, here's just a, a couple of purposes that God has for you. The main ones. Number one, God's purpose is for you to love God. He wants you to love him. He created you to have a relationship with him. It was his idea to create us. We're created in the likeness and image of God. Amen. And he created us to have a relationship. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. How many of you know the, the biggest and most important thing that you and I can do and when it comes to spirituality and our relationship with God is not giving everything we have to the poor. First of all, we got to learn how to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. That's the first thing. That's God's purpose for our life. Say, Todd, can you just please tell me what the Lord's purpose is for my life? Here's the beginning. Fall in love with the Lord. Fall in love with Jesus. And you're going to start experiencing life like you've never experienced before. But you know what? That, it doesn't end there. Number two, our purpose is to do good works for the Lord. In, in Ephesians 2.10, he says, We are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. How many of you know that the second greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, but the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so you know what God's purpose is? God's purpose is that we learn how to love him with all our heart, mind, and soul. But then he says, learn to do good works. Learn to do something for somebody else. Now, isn't this counterculture? Isn't this against the grain? Everybody wants to just do it for themselves. Everybody's self. What is it? What's in it for me? And Jesus says, no, you need to go find somebody to help and help them. 
Give of yourself to somebody else. And you know what? The happiest people on the globe are not the selfish people. They're the givers. They're the servers. And so listen, the world says, get all you can and can all you get. And and just, it's all about you. And it's all about you. It's all about you. And the Lord says, no, that's not the highest level of living. Learn to give, learn to give, learn to give, reach out to others, do something for others. And you can experience energy in your life like you've never known before. And by the way, that's why I created you is for good works. And then the third thing, third purpose that God created us for is to glorify him. In 1 Corinthians 6.20, for, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. You know, our purpose in life is to love God, do good works, but ultimately is to bring honor and glory to the Lord. Yes. It's not for self-glorification or edification. It's really for the Lord. Amen? Amen? And so the Lord says, listen, I am trying to spread my message across the globe. And some people will care less about what you have to say. So instead of saying it, demonstrate it. Demonstrate my love to those around you, and it will speak louder than a thousand words from your lips. And ultimately, you will glorify me. Amen? Amen. Now, I know you want to glorify God, right? Yes. And that's our purpose, is to glorify God. So listen, that's another shift. What am I living for? What do I get up for every day? What do I do throughout the week? What's my goal? What's my aim? What's my purpose? Is it about me and my family and just what I'm interested in? Or is it ultimately to glorify God? See, I tell you, if you want a passion for your life, quit living for yourself and start living for the Lord. And you're going to tap in to fresh excitement for life. Amen? Remember when Jesus, he was with his disciples that they'd been ministering and they went to a town and or getting ready to go to town and they said, oh man, Jesus, that's a lot of ministry. I am hungry. I'm going to Burger Smith. Get me a burger. And Jesus said, well, y'all go get something to eat. I'll stay here. And while they were going, he kept ministering. And they came back and they said, Jesus, are you still ministering? I mean, you're going to pass out. You, you, need a, you need something to eat. And he said, see, I have some nourishment, some meat that you don't know about. My meat is to do the will of the Father. You see, some of us, you know, we are adequately nourished physically, but we are malnourished spiritually. And we need to tap in to a new level of living by beginning to do the work of the Lord. Amen. And so, okay, so solution number two you start practicing the principle of the Sabbath. You know, how many of you know the Lord gave us the big ten? The ten commandments. How many of you think we ought to do away with those? Like, you know, let's not do the no adultery thing. Let's just go for that. Or how about like, man, let's, let's not worry about, let's just steal from one another. What's yours is mine, what's mine is mine. Let's just steal from one another. How many of you think we ought to do away with the commandments? Well, do you know one of the commandments is... Keep the Sabbath holy. You see, and I think it's one of the commandments that we're kind of like, we don't really need to do that anymore. Because, I mean, we're, you know, our society is progressing. But how many of you know that the Lord gave us the Sabbath rest for our benefit, not His? 
Amen. And Exodus 23, 12 says you have six days uh, each week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day, you must stop working. This gives your ox and your donkey a chance to rest. It also allows your slaves and foreigners living among you to be refreshed. And see, I think some of us, we've lost passion for life because we're exhausted. We're so tired. We don't want to get out of bed. Because we're violating a great spiritual principle that God has set in motion in our society, work six days and take one off. In fact, the Lord worked six days and he took one off. Do you think the Lord was tired? Like he ran out of energy? No, he could have made another seven creations. He was just trying to set an example for us. That even as the creator, he rested a day to say, listen, you need to develop the rhythm of life by taking a day off. Amen? Are y'all with me? If you receive this, say amen. Amen. The principle of the Sabbath was given to keep us and keep us from burning out. And uh, the Sabbath is a day for rest, but listen, for worship. See, sometimes we say, I'm going to take a day off and I'm going to the beach, I'm going camping, I'm going wherever. And we, we, we'll take the time to rest, but we forget the other part is to worship. God gave us the Sabbath to help us stay plugged into him. Because you know what I found? I could take 10 days off physically and go on vacation, but I don't tap into the rest that can only come from the spirit of God. Amen. So he says on the Sabbath, rest and worship. How many of you know there's a, there's a refreshing that comes from the presence of God that you can't get with just physical rest. Amen. And so part of the day of rest is to take time to worship. In Acts 3.19, it says, Repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You know, I, there's many times where, where, you know, whenever I worked in the all field, and, and, and I would just like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to church today. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. I feel so, you know, burnt out. And I'd come to church, and man, the worship team would go and, and, uh, and we'd sing that song. He's alive. He's alive. And before you know it, I felt alive, and I felt energy, and I felt passion, and the weariness that I had on me before all of a sudden leaves. Why? It's the Spirit of God that refreshes the soul. Amen. Amen. The presence of God gives you rest. Amen. So I encourage you to just practice the Sabbath. Amen. Solution number three is to resolve the relational conflict through the power of love and forgiveness. You know, listen, you might be living right now fighting. You might, there might be great conflict in your home right now. Can I encourage you to do whatever you need to do to make peace? You might have a great conflict at work. Can I encourage you? Deal with that conflict at work. Deal with it. Make amends. If you keep anger and bitterness and resentment in your life, it's going to steal your energy. I believe people die prematurely because of unresolved conflict in their life. You know, people suffering physically because of unresolved conflict. Romans chapter 12 and verse 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Now listen, sometimes it's impossible to be at peace. How many of you know it was hard to be at peace with bin Laden? Right? But he says, as long as, as much as it depends on you, be at peace with everybody. 
So listen, two keys to living at peace is exercise unconditional love. Say, well, you don't know what they did. I can probably guess. In fact, I can probably guess that I did exactly what they did to you in my life to somebody else. How many of you know none of us are perfect? We live in an imperfect world. And you know, it seems that those closest to us are the ones that have a tendency to hurt us the worst in the most. Why? Because we have expectations that they don't meet and we get our feelings hurt. And if we live with this fallen nature and we're selfish and we're self-centered and it's all about us. And so we hurt one another. But you know, unconditional love, 1 Corinthians 13 says this, love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. We need to love unconditionally. Then you know what I found? Whenever I have conflict in my life, if I will take that passage of scripture and apply that to that conflict, I do away with the conflict. Because I can't take an account wrong. I have to be patient. I have to be long-suffering. If I love unconditionally, there's, I have no excuse to hold an offense towards somebody. Amen? How about extending forgiveness to those who have wronged you? Somebody said, you know, holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness... It's like drinking poison and then expecting somebody else to die. Yeah. Say, well, I'm punishing them. I don't talk to them. I don't, I'm not nice to them. No, you're punishing yourself. You're drinking poison and expecting somebody else to get hurt. It's not worth it. Say, but Todd, you don't know. You don't know what's happened to me. I don't. I don't. But the Bible says that we need to learn to forgive. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14, Jesus said, If you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, let let me just do an IQ test. How many of you have sinned today? It, It don't take long, right? How many of you are grateful that the Lord is a forgiver and he forgives? Isn't that a great characteristic of the Lord? Doesn't that, doesn't that just make you so grateful for the Lord? He forgives. Thank God he forgives. Thank God he hasn't given me what I deserve. I mean, I'd be a greasy spot. He'd have unpounded me in the pavement. I'd just be a greasy spot. Amen. Thank God he's a forgiver. And he says, now listen, here's the catch. You want me to forgive you for your long litmus paper of sins, then this is all I want you to do. Forgive those who sin against you. Forgive those who sin against you. That's all I'm asking you to do. Well, Lord, you don't know what I mean, I mean, I've done some things, but not nothing near. Oh, really? Let's let's rehearse it again. Come on, let's go back 20 years. Oh, well, let's not go over there. Let's stay out of there. How many of you know we have a lot of motivation to forgive? Amen. Well, listen, you know, listen, why does the Lord tell us to forgive? He's just trying to help us. 
He knows that if we don't forgive, let go of anger and bitterness. If we all resent, they're not meeting your expectations. They're not doing what you want. If you don't let that go, your life is going to drag. And the Lord wants to spare you of that. So he says, extend forgiveness to those who have wronged you. Amen? Amen. And then finally, solution number four to life's passion killers is entrust your spiritual health into the hands of your creator. How many of you know God created us to have a relationship with him? And Adam blew it for all of us when he ate of that forbidden fruit and we were born in sin. We know how to steal before somebody gives us a lesson because we have an evil nature inside of us and we fight and all that as a little child. But God in his mercy and his grace knew we needed help. So he sent Jesus to die on the cross so we could live a spiritually healthy life. That's what we're getting into. Today's Palm Sunday. We're getting into Holy Week. Next Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection. You know what that's all about? That's that's about us being able to live a spiritually healthy life. You see, sometimes we don't have passion for life because we're not connected to the life source who is God the Father. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, he said, come to me. If you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're carrying heavy burdens, then I will give you rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and easy to bear, and my burden that I give you is light. Man, listen. For 22 years, I knew of God, I prayed, but I didn't know him intimately. I never invited him to come into my life and and, and, and to take over. You know, life was heavy. And then one day, I found out that Jesus died to take the burden of life off of me. And that day, I surrendered my life, asked him to forgive my sins, surrendered to him. And my life changed that day. That was like 27 years ago. It was when I was two. See, I've sinned already. Lord, forgive me. But how many of you can relate to that? I mean, it's one thing to go to church. But Jesus said, come to me. You know, you know, people say, you know, they'd ask me, Todd, are you a Christian? And I would tell them what denomination I was part of. How many of you know that's not what it's about? It's not being a Catholic or a Baptist, a Presbyterian, a Lutheran, you know, or First United Pentecostal, full gospel, you know, whatever. Come on, how many of you know it's a relationship with God? That's what it's about. Amen? That's what it's about. And so whenever you tap into the relationship with Jesus, listen, you know, you can drink a, uh, what's that, that little energy drink? The five-hour energy drink. Whoo, I lost my passion. You know, some of us, we're going about all weekend looking for passion. I need some more passion. And we got some passion for a few hours. And then we wake up the next morning lower than the night before. We drinking monster drinks and, oh, man, three espresso, cappuccino, frappuccinos, all in one little, I need some passion. And we live our life without the real passion that comes from the spirit of God. 
He will give you enthusiasm and excitement for living that nothing else in life will. He said, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Amen. So listen, to experience that passion, first you have to come. You have to come. Isaiah 40. He gives power to the weak, strength to the powerless. It's your will. It's your decision. We have to come. I can't do it for you. Your mama can't do it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. Your daddy can't do it for you. You got to come. But number two, you got to give up control. He said, take my yoke upon you. You know what? To take his yoke, you got to give up yours. You got to give up your yoke. You know what that yoke is? Is this thing that would tie two uh, oxen together. And he says, yoke up with me. You know what the Lord's saying? Let me help you. You're trying to carry this life on your shoulders and you weren't built to do that. You were built to get in yoke with me and I'll be the strong ox. I'll carry the majority of the, you can just come along for the ride. And here's the Lord. He's carrying the government of the world on his shoulders. And we're right outside of his yoke and we're saying, oh, this life is so heavy. And he's saying, hey, you want in? You want in? Come on in. Get in my yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Come on. How many of you want in? Get in his yoke. Amen. Get in his yoke. And then you got to trust him. He said, learn from me. You got to trust him. Why would you surrender to a God that you don't trust? Why would you yield control of your life to somebody that you don't have faith in? You got to have faith. You got to trust the Lord. Whenever you do that, The Lord says, I'll take the burden of life off of you. I'll help keep the passion killers off your life. And you can get up on Monday morning and be as excited about the week as you are on Friday afternoon when you're about to get off of work. Amen? Would you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. Just, just bow your head with me for just a moment and I just want to pray for you. And Some of you here today, you're excited about life. And so I just, uh, I just want to encourage you to keep doing the right things because you know it's amazing. You can be doing so great one day and then just one offense, one, one change in schedule, whatever, can just totally mess your life up. So I encourage you to stay on the straight and narrow. Amen. Keep doing what you're doing. But some of you today, you say, you know, life is okay, but I know that there's more. I know that there's more. And I want to get in that yoke that you talked about today, Todd. I want to yoke up with Jesus. And I want to ask you to pray for me. I remember being in a service like this, somebody making an appeal, something like that, and me sitting there and just like, man, I need some help. And so if you're here today and you're here and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to surrender to the Lord. I want to get in his yoke and I want special prayer. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. It's the greatest decision you could ever make. And so before we break and go eat some hamburgers, I want to give a chance to everybody in this room today to surrender their life. All the Christians are praying right now and asking God to just release his grace. And those of you that don't know for sure, The Lord is knocking on the door of your heart and saying, 
Surrender to me. I want to change your life. If that's you today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to be a Christian. I want my sins to be forgiven. I don't want any doubt. I want to know for sure. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right where you are. And I want to ask right here, ma'am, I see your hand. Anybody else? Right here, I see your hand. Over here, I see your hand. Back here, I see your hand. Over here in the back, I see your hand. Come on, this is the greatest day, ma'am, right here. Listen, those of you that raise your hand, look, now, look, those of you that are raising your hand, don't put your head down, put it up. And say, that's me. I want to be a Christian. I want to live for Jesus. This is the greatest thing going, gang. Don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful for it. This is why God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross. So that you could have life and you could live an abundant life. Amen. So listen, those of you that have your hands raised, look up here at me. This is the greatest decision you could ever make. Amen. So listen. Just bow your head now and pray this prayer with me. From your heart, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for giving your life for me. Lord Jesus, I know there's more. I know you have more for me. I trust you today. And I ask you, Lord, to wash my sins away, to forgive me, to come into my life, take over my life. And be the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I choose to live for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.